I am literally going to touch on the most controversial probably chapter in the Bible, which is Revelation 13. Uh, <laughs> so just bear with me here. I'm not going to read much of it. Uh, I, I do want to just preface it with this is the verse. This is the chapter talking about the mark of the beast. This is the chapter where this beast is rising. There's two beasts that come, and, and, and I'm not going to get into all the, the analogy and the allegory here, uh, but I want you to know, again, I have my view of this, but I want to say the church throughout centuries has been um, comforted through trial and difficulty when they've been under persecution by this book. And here's what I will say. Whether this is pointing to a coming of the Lord and a great tribulation that is near, one that is far, or simply a time, as the Bible says, a birth pang of difficulty. Whether it is just around the corner and it's simply just a short season of difficulty, I do not know. But what I do know is that we can take comfort in knowing that the Lord is over this. He is, he has overcome it. Uh, um, John 16, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world, you have trouble, you have persecution, but take courage, I have overcome the world. All right? I told you today, my message is about endurance. If you read Revelation 13, what you get, it, I'll just read the start of it. It says, I saw a beast rising out of the sea. Okay, so what he sees, and it goes on at the end of the chapter, it starts talking about the mark of the beast, the number of the beast, and basically how there, there's going to be a time where the church is allowed to be persecuted and martyred. It's a difficulty, difficult time. But the Lord in his wisdom allows what he could otherwise prevent in his, in his, in his knowledge. And what he's doing is he is preparing us for his coming and for what is going to happen in the end. But this is what he says. As it begins to describe what this beast is going to do and what it's like, it says in verse 7, Also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given to it over every tribe and people and language in the nation. And all who dwell on earth would worship it. Everyone whose name that has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life. So basically this thing has been warring from the foundation of the world. And those people who have been warring against it, whose names every time, you know, those whose names have been written down in that book of life, those who have perished in the faith, warring against this struggle, battling through the faith in this fight that we have, this fight of faith that we have, as Paul says, their names are written in this book. And it says, so it says, those whose names have been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let them hear. Okay, so... There at the end of chapter 10, can we pull up chapter 10 or verse 10, excuse me? It talks about people being taken captive and people being slain. So again, a time of difficulty and persecution. We don't have a grid for this very much in the West. But right now, if you're a Chinese believer, you're underground. You live on, with a social credit score. And you may have family who suddenly disappear because they find out that they are Christians. They're in the faith. Many of us would say, hey, that's tribulation now, wouldn't, wouldn't we? And I believe right now that we are living in a pressure cooker here, even in the West, where we can see the writing on the wall. 
that things are, times are increasing, trouble is increasing, um, you know, whether it's inflation or anything that we're experiencing, the different types of persecution against speech and, and truth, the very war against truth itself that we're experiencing where we can't even um, acknowledge something as basic as the reality of male and female gender. We are experiencing a war against the word of God, truth. And we've experienced it. So here at the end of verse 10, it says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. I like that one, the faith, the endurance and the faith of the saints. Can you, uh, Jonathan, can you go ahead and put up that first picture that I gave you? When you get a second. The Lord is calling us to run a race. Oh, it's sideways. If we can't fix it, try the other one. That's Marshall. Did it come in sideways? There we go, that one, that'll work. All right, so that's Asher and Marshall. Asher and Marshall, raise your hand. There they are, those are my boys. Um, I wanted them to come in here today. So what you see there is yesterday, they spent um, all day, but really it's been all summer, week, weekend after weekend, enduring, um, battling through the heat, learning for the first time in their life that what you put into something is what you get out of it. That if you put in half, you'll get half out. If you put in all, you'll get all out. They've been discovering a regimen of discipline that otherwise they didn't know. Yesterday, we had an all-day tournament in baseball, and they've never done that before. And for them to win that gigantic trophy in the middle, for them to win that, they had to go for four games and they didn't have to win every single game, but they did, they won every single game. And it was a day of heat and difficulty and trial. And on several occasions, I looked at them and I said, boys, do you think that they just give trophies out for free? Now you and I both know the world we live in. But you and I also know that Paul talks about running for a crown that is imperishable. He says, if an athlete runs for a perishable crown, how much more also should we run the race of faith for one that is imperishable? And I watched these young men become chiseled. I watched the father take people who maybe have no faith, Coaches and uh, other parents, people who maybe are full of faith, I don't know, but they're people that God put in their lives to use to help bring the lion out of them. I watched, uh, if you can see the name of the team, it's Unleashed. And before the season even started, I had been talking to my sons. Um, I said, guys, we have to learn to unleash. I thought it was kind of funny, the beast, which I think is kind of a, 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 an ironic way of saying it considering our context of scripture here. Um, but like unleashing the lion that God has put inside of us, that if we really are in this wilderness in the last days, again, decided how long the Lord tarries, however his, the, the, the timeline lasts of his coming. I will say though, the writing on the wall makes it look pretty close, but no matter how long it is, there's something inside of us that he's wanting to unleash. He's wanting to unleash his spirit. The Bible says, does he not give his Holy Spirit without measure? And for what? For a purpose. So that we could be like forerunner messengers, like John the Baptist, preparing a way in the wilderness, crying out, make way for the Lord, that he is coming. He is drawing close. 
And the whole point is that if we endure, if we endure to the end, there is a crown, there is a reward, there is a trophy. And I just want to point it out because I I love them and they're so unique. And I know if the camera doesn't um, go over here, that's fine. But I want you to see right here, they have put their their rings (laughs) here and here for winning and then their their runner-up trophies for other tournaments. Um, And they just set that up because why? Because they had ran a race they could be proud of. And there's something that we need to know that our father is looking, looking on us right now. Jesus, the son is looking on us through testing, through trial, through difficulty. He could have made it all easy, but it would have been worthless. Amen. If it had been easy, that trophy would have been worthless. But yet he put before us a path where we must endure. We must war through it. We must, uh, like Christ, uh, for the joy set before him, endure a cross. He said, you cannot be a follower of mine unless you pick up your cross and follow me. It would be worthless. This life would be worthless. The trophy at the end, the race would be worthless if it were simply just, you know, uh, cupcakes and roses. But because it's difficult... Because there's a challenge, because there's a sacrifice, because there's something on the line, it's of utmost importance. And we have in front of us this incredible task of preparing the way. And I just want us to look beyond the veil this morning and see, even if, if we could see through that glass darkly, if we could just see it for a second and say, the Lord is he's orchestrating events across the entire world and little old me, little me, I play a significant role. My prayers matter. The way I live my life before God matters. My integrity before men matters. What I do in secret matters. What I do in my workplace when, I'm, when no one else is around, it matters before God. It is a testimony before men. It says right in this book, right here in, in, in 12, I believe it's 12. It says in verse 10, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. If you look up a little further, verse seven, now war arose in heaven. That same angel that was warring with Daniel, praise God, isn't this amazing? The same angel, Michael, that was warring with Daniel during that time is here warring for the saints. He says, now that same angel, Michael, his, uh, and his angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back and was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. Isn't this beautiful? I mean, there is victory in Christ. There is a, there is a narrative, a true story happening on the other side. And if we can just see into it, and the good news is that he has given us this book. The book is called Revelation, it literally means to unveil. And if we can just open it up and begin to peer beyond it, we can get a picture and a purpose for our lives beyond simply our nine to five and our Sunday morning services. We begin to war in the timeline of God. And it doesn't matter, it happens out, put the the picture back up of the trophy. It happens out there on the ball field. It happens out there just among peers, among little boys. 
among coaches, rubbing shoulders with those who otherwise we wouldn't rub shoulders with. It happens when we go out and we love those who are lost. When we go out and we recognize every act of kindness, every act of charity, every act of love is an act of spiritual warfare. It says, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. There's more that happens, but it is a call for the saints because when that happens in that story, it says, basically, I mean, Chuck paraphrase here, the devil gets really ticked off. Why? Because he knows his time is short. And that's what happens. He knows his time is short. So the fire gets kicked up against the saints. Think of three men. Three men in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They have Hebrew names. Three men who in Babylon tries to take their identity. The Lord remembers their name. He knows who they are. So when the devil rages and the fire is turned up, God is calling us to remember who we're called to be in the midst of trial and persecution. He's called us to be Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He said, this is the way. In the time of wilderness, when the church, it's not just simply time, to get plugged into an umbilical cord and be fed by a pastor in a pulpit. But it's a time to get in and be fed by the very word of God, to go and eat it. This is the, it's like what it says, John, he, the, the Lord shows him the scroll. He takes a scroll from an angel and he says, take it and eat it. It's gonna be sweet to your mouth, but bitter in your stomach. Why? Just like Jeremiah, when I see the word, it's the most beautiful thing, the most magnificent thing I've ever tasted, but the word is real and it is, it is serious. And there is a, there is a bitterness that comes because I know that the times we're in, there must be a regimen of endurance and preparation if we're going to live through it the way we're called to live through it. That's why the Hebrew writer, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. The Hebrew writer calls us, calls us to endure to the end. There, it says, therefore, since we, have, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Can you hear me on the veil right now? How many of us are so deeply grafted into this story that we weep when we think of our fathers and mothers and the faith that have gone before us? Um, Joe was praying for me before the service. And he was praying and he was like, Father, I just ask you for like an anointing of St. Paul to fall. And like, I don't know, you know, whatever. Like I'm, I'm just Chuck, you know? But what I do know is Paul is real. Like this man is not dead. He is alive in heaven right now. Jesus is not dead. He is alive in heaven right now. Moses, Elijah, they are not dead. Peter was hung upside down on a cross. Guess what? He is not dead. Paul was beheaded. He is not dead. They are alive forever in glory with Jesus. And we are surrounded by a cloud of what? Witnesses, those who have a testimony, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our witness, our testimony. There are those who have gone before us, a Ruth, an Esther, you know what I'm saying, a a, a Deborah. They are there right now peering over, peering over the crystal sea, looking at your life, Interceding, Jesus Christ, the interceder, he who lives forever to intercede, is peering over and he's going, you can do it. Run. You can run this race. 
But don't just run for a trophy that will go into the ground and decay, but run for a crown that is imperishable. Endure to the end. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight of sin that clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he's seated at the right hand of God, the right hand of the throne of God. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of the shedding of blood, the persecution. And if you and 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 he goes, and you have you forgotten this or exhortation, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens every son whom he receives. Can we get that picture back up if it's possible? There, there is no way to receive that trophy without endurance and discipline um, and a regimen of, of, of fatherly love that comes through and says, you can do this, but I'm gonna push you. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna walk you through your own wilderness. And when you, just like Jesus, when you face the devil there, when you face that dragon, I'm, you're gonna come before me. If my word is in your mouth, you'll overcome. And I believe that we are, we are living in a time where these things are increasing in the earth. And it's important for us as individuals. You know, the, situa- the issue isn't whether or not the Lord has victory or that the church overcomes. The situation is, will I overcome? Will I as an individual overcome? Whether that is a seven-year tribulation that leads to the ultimate coming of the Lord or whether that's a weekend, okay? Whether that's five years of high inflation and difficulty in war, whatever it is, will we overcome? And I believe that he has prepared. It says that he has given us everything we need for life and godliness in himself. And he's gonna cause us to endure. And I believe for the joy, look at, okay, look at those faces. For the joy set before him, he endured. Are you guys tracking with me? This is good news. This is good news, but he's also given us an opportunity to receive. So I wanna pray this morning, if we can have the worship team come forward. I wanna pray for the Lord to do two things, to open our eyes to see, to give us vision beyond the veil, to get a picture of the story, the narrative, where we are in that story. What's going on? What's your purpose? What are you here for? Why am I here? And what what am I here to do? And what's happening around me? God, open my eyes. That's my prayer. And then number two, to give us endurance to run this race of faith um, for what really matters, for what really matters. Ultimately, the Lord is coming. Where will we be? Amen. Can we all stand? Um, If you want, as we close and we have worship, um, if you'd like to receive prayer, we'll have a team up at the front that will pray for you um, to receive those two things, vision and endurance. Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for your son. God, we just, I ask you, Jesus, for a, a vision of Jesus beyond 
It's, this is what Jesus said of John the Baptist. He didn't come in soft clothes. He wasn't just a reed shaken by the wind, but he was a prophet, yea, more than a prophet. I just thank you that, Lord Jesus, you, you, if, if, if that is true of John the Baptist, how much more so is that true of you? That you really are descendant of David, lion of the tribe of Judah. And Lord, I just pray that you would, that you would roar in this place that you would roar in our hearts, that you would roar against the enemy, that you would roar against the accuser of the brethren, that in every place, Satan is trying to silence your bride, your sons and daughters, where he is trying to wear them out and tire them out, that Jesus, you would come just like that angel came to Daniel and that you would pick them up and set them on their feet standing, ready to endure and fight some more. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would hold fast, that we would endure to the end, and Lord, that we'd answer the call. Father, come and discipline us, train us, teach us in the way we should go. Your word says that if, we're, if a child is trained in the way they should go, they would not surely depart from it. And Lord Jesus, you, your father is the best father. Come and train us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.